0: Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm James. And welcome to the Cornwall Property Podcast,
1: where every week we bring you the latest news, hot topics, and guidance around the Cornwall property market. Stay tuned to be informed, inspired, and to have any of your property-related questions answered by trusted local property professionals.
0: Welcome back, I'm Dan. I'm James. This is episode 56 of the Cornwall Property Podcast. So thank you, as always, for those who are regular listeners and uh, supporters of the podcast. And hello to those who are new and joining us for the first time. So this is our market update episode. And uh, next Sunday, you will be hearing the Ask Dan and James episode as well. So uh, thank you for all those who've been in touch.
1: Absolutely. And just remember, you can do that by going onto our social media platforms, as many as you guys do. That's on Instagram and Facebook. And you can also uh, drop us an email at podcast at cl- property.com and Dan and I are here waiting to hear what you've got to say about property because we love it
0: that's it that's it so let's get cracking so James and I have picked two news articles that are in the um, in the, the press at the minute out on the in the world of property, and uh, we want to bring you and keep you up to date with those. And then we've picked our properties of the week. I Dan have chosen a commercial property that's currently empty. Uh, well, it's actually it's a commercial property that has opportunity to be developed um, and bring some more residential homes to Cornwall. As we know, there's a housing crisis in Cornwall, and we want to bring in more property to the market to help that crisis. And James has also picked uh, a cracking property. Um, on the residential market as well. So we'll share those two. So let's get going, Mr Baker. So my first article that I wanted to bring in, actually, I'm, I picked a mortgage uh, article. Thought I'd have a, a, day, for, off. For, for, a uh, day off. A day off, yes. Yeah, so, so those are regulars. Uh, we know James generally likes to do the finance uh, articles, but I've seen this and I saw that he hadn't. So uh, I picked this one this week. So I've gone and jumped on it because I think it's a quite a good one uh, and, and an important one for confidence in the market as well. So it's from the Daily Telegraph. Again, all the article links are in the show notes. So if you want to have a little read and proper, a proper full rundown of the article, you can see that on the show notes. But uh, yeah, we're looking at mortgage rates. And um, how they've just fallen to the lowest in almost three months as well, which is really positive news. The mortgage rates are going down. Um, not that we're down to the sort of levels we were uh, previously, like last yeah. summer, but we are in the right direction it's uh, hopefully people are seeing now that we've maybe hit the peak and we're just starting to calm a little bit more um, as we enter into 2023. So high street lenders are slashing mortgage, mortgage rates with HSBC reducing rates on 100 of its deals by up to 0.1 percentage point. Um, and that was on Tuesday. So Yorkshire Building Society, they also cut fixed rate mortgages by up to 0.75%. Um, while Santander have also slashed some of their fixed rate mortgages by up to 0.59%. So again, not massive kind of percentage figures, but these are all really good signs. And as we've always said, it just takes one. As soon as one lender does this all the rest kind of follow suit because it's a competitive market and there's not a lot in it so it is a great encouraging um, encouraging start so the bank um, and that's Santander in this instance the bank has also launched a new two-year fixed deal at four point eight four percent reasonable and, yeah yeah definitely and one of the cheapest on the market this is um, and the borrowing costs rose dramatically after the mini budget obviously this is the this was the reason all of these borrowing costs and, and the interest rates spiked but it was after generally the mini mini budget at the end of September um, and it was the, the, just the way the market had gone with the, the whole inconsistency and the worry about where prices are going to go how much higher our interest rates are going to get so the banks just kind of pulled a lot of products to cover their backsides obviously with interest rates going up they've had to follow suit but now mm-hmm. things are seeming to start calming down a little bit and um, the rates are starting to follow which is good news
1: yeah it's really good news and i think we have to look at this into a bit more detail that you know the lenders are there to lend if they don't then then they haven't really got a business so it's really important that uh you know they've they obviously watched the market and what the consumers are doing and just adding on to that i did see a an article recently uh that was on um uh, the bbc actually that was saying that with january uh this year so far s- supply of housing is down 40 percent of what it was a year ago so the lenders have also got that to contend with like there's just little, little less properties out there yeah. along with people not borrowing money it's like they're not going to have a business so uh, i think things are looking very positive on the inflation front and you can already see that you know fuel is coming down and they've only just announced this week as well that inflation has you know is better than what they forecast it to be so i think things are going to start leveling up and that was predicted anyway but uh you know they wanted to stop people from taking loans out that was the whole idea mm. so they scared everybody they put all the rates up people have got on hold but now it's slowly starting to come down which is really positive
0: exactly yeah and with the, the less stock on the market obviously there's less lending being required as you've already said and actually it was one of the articles you mentioned in the last market update as well um, where a lot of the mortgage lenders are now opting for remortgages as they kind of um, yeah the best deals that they can get as well because obviously they need to lend this is their business so it's in their interest, um, excuse the pun, to, to actually <laughs> get the interest good. rates right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's good news, really good news. Um, I think it's only going to keep going. I can't imagine it going massively further down, but I think we've still got some, um, some more rate drops this, to see in the coming months. I agree. So the second and final one from myself is looking at home track. Report the latest home track report, and it's looking at rental market figures. So, obviously, us being the Corn Props Podcast, we're going to have a bit of a focus on the Southwest, but the Southwest remains the fourth most expensive region in the UK to rent. Um, and this is behind the obvious ones, such as London, the Southeast, and the East of England, with an average rental price down in the Southwest of £983 per calendar month. So and we're the only one out of those four, actually, that is under £1,000 per calendar a month. Figures relating to um, the, the the most recent article from Home Track where these letting, and they look, um, they're look letting updates. They're looking at uh, October as the month at which this starts. So this is looking at 9.7% increase year on year in rental values. So rents have increased 9.7%. From October 21 to October 22. Now, the previous year saw an 8.7 percent increase. So you can imagine the rental prices. If you were renting um, consistently, up increasing the rent on in line with these sort of figures, that's 8.7 percent interest until twenty twenty one, and then you've got another 9.7 percent interest. Um, sorry, increase in the last year. So there's some big increases there, massive. And if you're a renter and you're seeing these, there's no surprises why we're struggling now. And and it, as, and as the article keeps on going on and the, and the report goes on to explain this a little bit more. And, and it says, in the whole, the Southwest has actually seen the second highest three-year average increase behind Wales. And this is wow. compared to the whole of the UK and Ireland. So the Southwest region is the second highest rental increase over the last three years. So it's a big old, big old jump. And the average over those three years, it's obviously the last two have been very big, but it was 7.1%. And Wales were only above at 7.3%. So big, big increases in rent. Um, No surprises to everyone. But you then got to think, of well, what does this mean? We've got a lot of issues, as we've already identified, the housing crisis in Cornwall. Well, people are struggling to afford Rentals as it is. Well, the rental prices keep going up. Mm-hmm. Housing prices are, are looking like they're going to stable, maybe uh, dip a little bit, but I don't think there's anything to be too alarmed about. Um, but Home Track Report have put the nationwide figure uh, increases down to the prolonged period of lower net new investment, so less people entering the investment market for buy to lets, um, and together with the rationalization of landlord portfolios, such as Section 24, which I know you've answered a few questions on that, asked Dan and James about where landlords are having (coughs) to pay more um, tax now as a result of these new legislations. Mm -hmm. It's not as an attractive um, proposition for investors, because if you're not a hardcore uh, uh, developer or uh, portfolio landlord, then it's not as attractive to dabble in property uh, as it was. And this is a real issue because not more... um, More investors aren't coming to the market, meaning there's less buy-to-lets. If there's less buy-to-lets, there's less private rental for people who needing homes. Uh, Again, this is something that obviously spikes us and encourages us to do this podcast. We're trying to encourage you guys to get involved with property. Long term, you can't lose. Um, And you're also helping to to bring property back to the market. So there's always a... And the article really, really interestingly goes on to say that... um, Policymakers need to better understand the rental market as well as the forces and factors shaping the overall availability of supply. The demand of rented homes is only going to rise in the medium term, so it's important we encourage more supply from all forms of landlords, whether private individuals or large corporates. It is important that the policymakers encourage good landlords of all types and sizes to stay in the market and deliver much needed supply. Only by increasing investment in this private rented sector can we ease the affordability pressures on renters in the medium term and make more sustainable rental market. Lovely. <clears throat> exactly. That is bang on exactly the reasons with the things we've been drumming on about. You mm. need to make this more encouraging because it's always landlord, uh, rogue landlords. It's so discouraging for people who are they're just scared and all mm. the regulations and things that they're chucking in. Um, obviously, we want it to be regulated so that there's quality homes, but at the same time, It also puts a lot of people off. Mm. Um, The costs, the entry fee, the the worries of the actual um, legislation around it, it's not as attractive as it was. Um, So, yeah, there's no surprises. But as always, I think this is a bang on article in that we need to encourage more private rental um, landlords, more private landlords because it brings more private rental uh, property to the market, which helps then get people um into into rented accommodation it's as simple as that but while this um these increases in uh, in taxes and things like that are happening it's just less less interesting making it less attractive uh, attractive and, that's it.
1: and you know it's just it's not nice of it if you want to rent your uh, your first home for example and it's just you know it's sort of 30 40 percent more than what it was you know five five years ago or what have you there has to be like that ceiling and I think with the cost of living as well it's just going to be more of a you know a pinch but uh, on a more positive note as we always try to bring the optimism uh, it, we can see inflation that is uh, dropping down uh, at the moment so you know let's hope that balances out but uh, yeah it's it's, I, i'd like to think with the you know rentals going up i know it's not so good for the people who are renting i, I totally get that but hopefully that could be a bit of an encourager as well for landlords that although the tax yeah. through section 24 is yeah, is harder but if the rents are going up then it might seem a bit more of a an attractive thing it evens itself out in some sort yeah absolutely well i don't think i'm going to make it any easier with what i'm going to bring <laughs> for my headlines as well which is still sort of mortgage uh related but I found on uh, Mortgage Strategy a headline that said homeowners are not speaking to their mortgage advisors about energy uh, um, efficiency. And that was through a MAB article uh, that I found, as I say, on mortgage strategy. And it said that one in 10 homeowners have discussed their energy performance certificate, their EPC rating, with the Mortgage Advice Bureau. In addition to this, 64% of homeowners do not know the EPC rating of their property, which is quite scary. And those who do, only 27% do so because they want to make Change with their energy, uh, you know, efficiency improvements. So, I know most of you on the show do know, but for the listeners and viewers who don't know, your yeah, energy performance certificate is basically how well your um, your property is going to perform on its, uh, you know, energy saving. You know, is it all electric? Is it all oil? You know, is it green? And what's happening in the world of property at the moment is that the government are trying to encourage us to bring up the EPC rating. So, you've got the worst case scenario properties which are in your sort of like. E's and F's and G's. And that's where there's literally no insulation in the property. It leaks heat like no tomorrow. Uh And yeah, they're, they're very expensive to run. Uh, and of course, with all that, um, you know, the carbon emissions and everything like that, we're not going in a green direction. So the government is trying to put in place things for us to do to our homes so that we can uh, increase that up to a minimum level of a C. The only problem you've got with that is that, again, if you're a landlord uh, and you're wanting to uh, rent out your property, a lot of people don't know is that they are trying to put into full regulation that by 2035, the EPC rating of your home is going to have to be a C. Now, in Cornwall, some of the granite properties are very, very hard to achieve that. and you can do it but it's going to be very very expensive so similar to what you were just talking about Dan it's another off-put for landlords uh do you think like energy rating c is unachievable by then but do you think landlords are just gonna be bothered or just think do you know what I'm gonna sell up and leave
0: yeah and I think that I'm um, from reading um, into the legislation uh, it's not black and white yet it's it's still um out for consultation but I believe I read in there as well that if you can show you've spent like £10,000 trying to upgrade your property and you still can't get to a C, there may be some sort of um, allowance they can give that it doesn't, Mm -hmm. you can can have a free pass sort of thing. But at the same time, that's £10,000 to try and upgrade. That's not... A tickle is it like, and if you're still struggling, that clearly, got that. yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. that. And again, as you say, it is off putting. It's disadvantage. I think, and another way of, as we've re- mentioned in the previous podcasts is obviously mortgage lenders are being encouraged to um, incentivise landlords and own homeowners to to get to those C's they'll offer better rates
1: as yeah, well and they're being they? funded by the government mm-hmm. to try and incentivize yeah. that because of course you know you're going to need your mortgage but i think anybody will weigh up you know how much will it be to get my property up to a c because i'm going to save on a whole percent in some cases uh, with mortgage lenders and i think it's they're all going to be going in that direction sort of pushing you into a corner so basically upgrade your houses but having the money to do so is a, is another thing so yeah interesting but i think it's it's quite common as well when people are looking for properties like you don't want to be going for properties that are really really very low uh but again, as I said, it's quite difficult in Cornwall because some of them are quite low because of the, the structures of them. But, um, but if, you, if you're
0: developing, it makes it, there's another opportunity there for you. It will give more value to your development, to your property, if you can get a better thermal performance, yeah. um, a, a energy efficiency performance. The higher the EPC, the more valuable your property will be. And that's what lend, um, uh, let it, renters are actually looking for, obviously, because they're paying the bills generally. Mm. So... if if there's a better EPC, in theory, it's going to cost less to run the place.
1: Absolutely. I think it will directly affect the stock, in my view, because you've got you know landlords that maybe have been doing it for years and years not saying uh 80 is an old age but you might just be at that point where you just want to kind of enjoy life not have tenant issues and all the rest of it and then thinking well we're being slammed by this legislation and i actually can't rent my property out anymore because it's a it's a d or an e i haven't got the time nor the patience to upgrade it so i'm just going to dispose of it you might find those properties are cheaper and there'll be more stock coming as this regulation comes into place uh, because you know, certain landlords on their on their life cycle are just kind of like, do you know what? I'm just gonna dispose of it. So yeah, we'll have to see. On to my second headline, uh, which I've got here again was on mortgage strategy was letting agents predict rise in arrears and further decline in landlords. Good lord letting agents predict rise in arrears and further decline uh, in in landlords actually getting payments uh, from their tenants. Lettings professionals expect to see more landlords leave the market in 2023. Great. Give them another reason. <laughs> Against a backdrop of rising arrears and falling house prices, a survey by Good Lord um, uh, Landlords reveals. Over half of all letting agents, 58%, believe that landlord volumes will decrease this year as rising interest rates and new regulations encourage more landlords to sell up. Uh, I wasn't trying to prime this next headline because what i've just said but i think it's um it's another deterrent you know what do you do if you're a tenant in situ uh you've been in there for two years ago and you could happily pay things two years ago your landlord hasn't increased the rent which is great but the cost of living has just become unimaginable you've got nowhere to move to especially in cornwall because there's a housing crisis and there's nowhere to move to another lily pad as such um and then you start missing payments um not good, not good for the tenant. They get into trouble, CCJs, things like that, against their credit file. And then you've got landlords who have mortgages to pay and they aren't getting any rent. So, Dan, can you think of any... It's a downward spiral, isn't it? It is.
0: It's a downward spiral. It's, uh, again, it's another worry and another reason why, why um, I wouldn't blame people for not getting involved. But again, it all comes back to the stress tests on day one. Um, and you've got to just do regular regular comms with tenants and just see how we're getting in, like chocking in. And, and that's, that's the importance of having a good agent if you're not managing yourself, which Absolutely. we recommend getting yourself a good agent. We've had a couple on the show previous um, and, and making sure that they're, they're doing the stress tests to allow for these increases. Can the tenant still pay if these price increases continue?
1: Yeah, definitely, and I think you hit a nail on the head there with a, with a good managing agent. And I know it can be more expensive for the landlord. Like, I don't want to put off, you know, investors. What this show is about to encourage investment in Cornwall to bring back homes. But if you are concerned about, you know, uh, in certain areas where you're more likely to get rent arrears uh, for whatever reason through affordability, then there are insurance packages out there that you can put in independently uh on your um, on your properties, or do it through the agents, so that if you do get a void or you do get into a situation where the tenant isn't paying rent the insurance will actually kick in after 30 days and you'll get that rent uh, covered. Yeah,
0: rent guaranteed insurance isn't it? Rent guaranteed insurance.
1: Absolutely. That's it. So that's something to think about um, that you can do and worth taking out I think if you've got worries about that. But uh, yeah, that's it from me.
0: Brilliant. Now, some, uh, some well plenty of food for thought there. But right, this brings us to the episode, uh, the part of the show should I say, where we uh, identify two properties. So I've got a commercial opportunity, James is a resident, residential opportunity. So um, again, if you're viewing on YouTube you can see See this in live, real time, and we'll flip through the advert uh, and talk you through it. If you're listening on your audio device or your podcast channel, then that link to these uh, uh, properties and opportunities are in the show notes. You can have a little look, but we'll explain them anyway. So, for those you can see, my opportunity here is a plot of land actually, and it's in an area just outside of St Austell called High Street. Uh, plot of land is here. It's £225,000. It's on with stags in Truro. Um, again, there's a really nice aerial shot here. It's a lovely plot of land, uh, which shows the opportunity. But it is, uh, you know, it can be misleading as well. But um, I'll explain why that is. So for those of you who can see, the plot of land is quite vast. And you're thinking, first of all, it caught my attention because I thought, oh, that's a decent sized plot. Only two two five. But actually, the advert shows the the full site. But each advert is for both. There's two plots basically. They're splitting this. They're title splitting this land mm-hmm. into two segments. Um, and the two two five is just for half of it. And that half has um, is identified. So if you look at the pictures and that I'm flicking through now, or if you have a look, if you flick through to um, oh, what picture is it? Where 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 is it? picture number, not sure what the number is, but you can see 11, number 11, you can see here then two uh, detached properties, which illustrates what one plot would be. Uh, so you've got building plots one and two. So yeah, just make sure that's clear. Again, do your homework. Definitely an opportunity to bring some housing to the area. Price is pretty standard, I think, from what I'm seeing with Plot of Land. And um, There's outline planning permission, so it's not got full detailed plans yet. So that's a cost and a, um, something you need to do. But it might be an opportunity for if someone wants to build their own home or if it is an investment opportunity, then it's, it's a great opportunity for you to bring a, a family house because what I'm having spoken to, uh, people I know, um, they're on the housing housing ladder already but they're trying to move either up the housing ladder because they've got a three bed they want a four bed um or they're trying to either downsize the problem they've got is they've got nowhere to go Mm. so there's no kind of decent affordable four beds for example or or there's no there's not a lot of availability for slightly smaller depending on the the criteria requirements so it's just although this isn't one of those kind of like entry-level uh, opportunities for a new buyer, what I think it would do is help free up some of those entry-level properties mm-hmm. for a next-step kind of uh, opportunity. So, for example, if James had a family uh, of three, um, him, his partner, and a couple of kids, maybe, or three kids, and you want a, a larger property, then this could be somewhere for, they could call home. So it also then frees up that smaller property for the ladder to keep moving. So the whole chain of events is so, so important. But this is a, a nice opportunity. High Street's a nice area. Um Again, as you can see on the article, you've got a pair of elevated and fine residential building plots, outline planning permission for two detached dwellings, one with a garage, uh, services are nearby, great views and gardens. So, again, just an opportunity there that we can um, bring some property back to the market. Not too unrealistic, but, uh, again, you need to do your homework, planning consultant. Big time. Get your architect on there, because the nice thing is it's at a nice stage where you can actually um, design the internals. You've got outline planning that, yeah, we would allow two detached dwellings on this plot at this size and generally this kind of layout brilliant well the inside configuration you could actually make your own
1: so it's a nice stage to potentially get involved there Absolutely. Uh, Moving on to my residential property of the week. I've got a property I've spotted uh, on Close Hill in Redruth. It's a three bed, semi-detached property that's on with Bill Bannister. It's a complete renovation job, but I wouldn't say it's too daunting. Uh, But it's got some good features, uh, three bedrooms, family bathroom, lounge and dining room. Uh, breakfast room, kitchen, cloakroom, benefits from gas, central heating. And I I honestly think there's some really good value uh, to be added here. Uh, The report goes on here to say uh, that a Mundic test was carried out. So it was one of my first kind of flags on it, really, uh, which is also uh, available for inspection that it says here. So that indicates to me that I don't think it would have Monday because they wouldn't be allowing you to have it for inspection. They would uh, um, don't really need to declare it. No, absolutely. But uh, as always with these types of properties, do your uh, due diligence uh, on it. But I think it would make a great family home. It's empty. It's relatively cheap. I think it's a very good price and there's great value to be added. So worth having a look.
0: Definitely. Definitely. I'm just looking at this. Is there potential to HMO it? it's got um, house multiple occupancy because if you're looking on the floor plan now I can see the dining room and the reception uh, breakfast room is quite a large space um, could that be all be the uh, the shared communal accommodation I only've got the kitchen at the side you can maybe open that wall up make that a really nice big open plan communal area this lounge at the front could be a bedroom you've got then another two decent sized bedrooms upstairs could you nick a little bit off uh, bedroom one to increase the uh, the size and the value of bedroom three that there, you've got a four-bedroom HMO there. Um, again, with a four-bedroom HMO, you don't actually have to c- have a licence on a four-bedroom HMO either, which uh, means a slightly less regulation. But my advice to you would be to still try and keep to the mm. regulations as if it was a five-bed, just to kind of uh, future-proof yourself and just to cover your backside and make sure the quality's there um, with regards to the, so- the sort of things I'm talking, of fire doors and all-bedroom doors and things like that. So you don't have to necessarily do that um, for a four-bedroom because it's under the, the licence threshold. You need to have a five-bedroom or more to require a HMO licence. But um, with this being a four-bed, it would be under it. But I would recommend still trying to adhere mm-hmm. to those uh, HMO licence regulations. But um, that might be another opportunity. So you could house four maybe local professionals yeah. or... Um, yeah, I just think that could be another option. So you could have that as a nice family house as a rent, or if you're trying to make a bit more cash flow, it might be a better opportunity that you could HMO potentially. But uh, hmm. my advice there is also just check the location, check what amenities are in the local area, uh, where are your tenants likely to work, Um and yeah, I think it just it's a couple of options, but a
1: really, really good pick actually, 120k. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, I would. What, def- what is the catch? Yeah, I would if, definitely ask the agents there, you know, on a full full details pack there. But yeah, it's an opportunity for sure. Um, and yeah,
0: take a look. Yeah, on with Bill Bannister and uh, based in Red Roof. So again, show notes for the links to these articles. But guys, thank you so much for joining us. That is the end of today's episode. And. uh, any questions you know where we are but uh, thank you ever so much for joining us
1: absolutely and with those questions you can get involved uh, with us by going onto our social media platforms on Facebook and Instagram or instead you can drop us an email on podcast at cl-property.com either way we love hearing from you and we will help in any way we can
0: brilliant well that's a goodbye from me goodbye from me